chapter 19. Amen. My wife and I just celebrated, kind of, and are going to celebrate again, 25 years of marriage. The reason I say kind of is because um, our marriage was a little different in the fact that we had to get married legally before we got married um, in, the, in the church for papers for my wife's visa and her coming over here. And so 25 years ago, when I, or 26 years ago, when I met my wife, I want to talk this morning, if Chris will put that up, about the marriage supper of the Lamb. You might be thinking this morning, what's 2019 hold for me? What, what's, how many know we don't know? We don't know what, what, what our job's going to hold. We don't know what our health's going to hold. We don't know uh, what's going to happen, but we know God's in the future with He's waiting for us. But I do want to tell you this morning that there is an event that could happen in 2019 that should have all of us excited, and it's a wedding. It's called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. And it is a wedding that we're going to have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? And so I want to talk about that this morning and just kind of parallel um, something that my wife and I were able to do in Costa Rica and, I, and, and, and give you some thoughts on this because I feel like when we have something to look forward to, it's something that, that uh, we, we can know that if we're having some struggles this morning, some trials, some situations, some health problems, financial problems, or anything, we can know looking forward to the future that we have something waiting for us that is awesome, which is the marriage supper of the Lamb. And by the time I get done with this, you're going to understand it greater. But I want to I wanna kind of parallel uh, this with my wife. My wife and I renewed our vows. Obviously, some people would know that because of social media, and some don't. But um, we, we had a little wedding ceremony in Costa Rica um, and, and renewed our vows for our 25th anniversary. We were married by law on December 3rd, but our anniversary we celebrate is Valentine's Day. And so we're kind of in between those two things, but we have been married 25 years, our silver anniversary, which is a blessing. Amen. That's a good uh, milestone to have reached. And as you can see with my father and mother, we have great examples as parents um, to follow. And that is the example, as my dad gave, that is the example of for better or for worse. Can you say amen? amen. Perfect example of what for better or for worse means. But um, I want to give a little background right before I read Revelations 19 and kind of tie this in. Um, the reason this was special, I mean, lots of people renew their vows and everything. But um, my wife, when we met in Costa Rica, um, she was only 18 years old when we met. And um, we got engaged very quickly. And four months after we met, we were engaged. And seven months after we met, we were married. Um, we had planned a wedding in Costa Rica and a wedding in the United States. We ended up getting married in Tucson, Arizona on Valentine's Day of, two, of 1994. And so we had a wedding planned in Costa Rica. But when she came to visit me, um, she came on what's called a K-1 visa, which means she's coming just to specifically marry me so that we could do the paperwork, and then once we got married, she could come live in Tucson with me and, and, and start our life together and everything. And so she came with that one visa. It's one entry, and she came through Miami to come meet my parents. We were actually engaged before my parents ever met her. And uh, so she came to meet my parents and to do this ceremony, to get the work, legal, work, legal paperwork going, and when she came in, she went through Miami. They stamped her visa and um, came to Tucson, met my parents. And I got an opportunity, I had just learned Spanish, to go preach down in Mexico. If you've ever been to Tucson, Tucson is 50 miles from the border. Pretty much almost like going to Oklahoma from here. That's how close the Mexican border was. And the city was Nogales. 
And so as uh, growing up in Tucson, I spent 18 years of my life there, we would go to, to, to Nogales all the time. And we would go to shop, we'd go to eat, we would just cross the border like nothing as Americans. They didn't even think twice about it. It was just a, a common thing. So when this pastor asked us to go preach in Mexico, I didn't think anything about it. Didn't think about my wife's visa, didn't think about legalities or anything. So we went into Mexico, she sang and I preached in my very broken Spanish, amen, that thank God has gotten better over the 25 years. And um, I have a joke about that that I'm not going to tell this morning. Actually, let me tell it real quick. While we were there, this is a good one. While we were there, I gave my first altar call. And, um, and I had, actually, I don't know if it was this time or not, but it doesn't matter. It's still a good story. I was in Mexico preaching with my broken Spanish. I did an altar call. People came forward, and, and I did the salvation call. And I asked them to repeat after me. And so in Spanish, sin is pecado. And fish is pescado. So you can already know where I'm going here. It was a very sovereign moment, very happy moment for me. I knew lots of people came forward, and I was like, yes. Said, repeat after me. And I said, Lord, forgive us for our fish in Spanish. And everybody did what you just did right there, and the moment was killed. Amen. I hope and pray that they still got saved. But while we were there, came back over to come back through into Arizona. And again, didn't think about it. Stopped at the border. The guy says, where are you from? I said, the United States. Costa Rica says, give me your passport. She passed, hand him your passport. And I will not go into this story because it's a long one and it gets my blood boiling a little bit. But he told my wife, you cannot come back into the United States of America. You have already used your one entry in Miami. It's midnight. No cell, this puts us on blast on how old we are. No cell phone, not even the big brick one. No internet and stuck on the other side of the border. And this dude's telling me, you can go in, but your wife can't. So I really wanted to kill someone that night. That story aside, we came back in through a method of God's grace and had to restart our paperwork. And so we had a wedding planned this January 29th of 1992 in Costa Rica. And all of you that know Marvin, my father-in-law that's been here many times, I always say one of the reasons he loves me so much is he ended up not having to pay for a wedding. Because <laughs> my wife never got to go back. So the wedding that was planned and all the invitations and the cake and all the stuff she had planned, she came for two weeks to visit my parents and to get married by law, and it ended up being about six months before she went home again. So totally messed up her plans. But my wife has always been a trooper and always been good about that. And so all these years, I've always had in the back of my mind, someday I would love to have a ceremony with my wife in Costa Rica to make up for what was lost. Now, she's never said, I wish we'd have got married, and she's never held it over my head. But I know in the back of her mind, because that's very important to, to women especially, with her family, I always knew that would be something important. So the opportunity arrived that we we're already going to be in Costa Rica this year, and this thought came to me through an inspiration of a friend that I'm going to repropose to my wife, and, and I'm going to get married to her again, and I'm going to plan this whole wedding. And I did have a lot less nerves this time believing that she was going to say yes. Amen. The first time I was a little more nervous, but I was pretty sure she was going to say yes this time. So I'll talk about that a little bit more in a second, but I want to relate this. I'm not, I'm not preaching this to, to brag on what I did, I promise, but I really, really think this is a great uh, parallel to what I want us to look forward to. Because this morning, God is planning something for us that is so amazing how many have ever been to, aren't weddings fun? Amen. Weddings are fun because there's food and there's excitement and, and it's, it's fun. Weddings are fun. God is planning a wedding 
for you and me this morning. Amen? And don't take this weird, guys. We are the bride. All of us, men and women, we are the bride, and Jesus is the groom. Amen? And so I want us to look forward to this this morning. I want you to look at Revelation 19, verse 5, and it says, A voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God. All you his servants, how many servants we have in here this morning? And those who fear him, how many fear him this morning? Both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters and the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. How many know he reigns this morning? Amen. Now watch this. It says, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. When we come to church, just stop there for a second. When we come to church to praise and worship like we just did, we come to give him glory. We come to rejoice. It says, let us be glad. Tell someone next to you, be glad and rejoice. Why though? Just because we're here on a Sunday morning? No, because we're looking forward to something that's going to happen in the future, which is greater than any event we've ever been a part of. It says right there in that next verse, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted, watch this, to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And he said to me, right, blessed are those, watch this, who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let me read that again. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. Father, I pray this morning for every one of us here. Everyone that's sitting here, myself included, this church, those listening online, that we would be blessed to be called to the marriage supper of the Lamb this morning, Father. That we would be ready and watching and, and looking for that great return, Father, because that is the next event on your calendar. Lord, search our hearts this morning, anoint your word this morning, and let us leave this place this morning knowing that something great is on the horizon, Father, an event that's never happened before and will never happen again. Lord, prepare our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. So I want to parallel this because obviously for me to do this with my wife, there was a lot of preparation. A lot of time thinking and a lot of trying to, to set this thing up. And, and one of the biggest thoughts that came to my mind was how we're going through our daily lives and we're, we're walking out life and a lot of times we, we, we know mentally maybe that God has a plan for us. We know in our, in our faith spirit that God's with us and he's working but at the same time we doubt sometimes if he's in the situation we're in right now. We're like, God, where are you at? But I want you to know that as I tell this story, God is working right now. Amen? God is behind the scenes. As, as he was working to give that raise to Joanna and, and working to fix those papers with the, with the uh, child support, just like he's worked in your situation to help you pay your bills or he's physically healed your body, or he's working right now. He's, he's working on your situation, but it doesn't look like it all the time. Amen. And so we got to understand that this event is waiting for us. This right here should be enough for us to go through the trials we're going through because we have something exciting waiting for us. Can you say amen? amen. 
Now, we know that the world has something not exciting waiting for them, which is called the Great Tribulation. And, and every day that goes by, we see more and more things happening in this world that are showing that that's going to come. More and more lawlessness, more and more sin, more and more turning away from God. But we also know at that same time that this is telling us that this event that is around the corner could happen at any moment. And going into 2019, I want you to, to know that in my spirit, I can tell you, and you know from the preaching that I've been doing for years, our, our, our return of Christ is beyond past due. Can you say amen? We know that it is time. We know that that, that, that baby has, is going to give birth. Amen. We know that the, the birth pains have happened. And, and, and you might say, man, I heard you preach that three years ago. Well, guess what? You're three years closer to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And this is the greatest event that a Christian can ever experience. And it's something that we're looking forward to. And, and you know, like in life, we look forward to Christmas. We look forward to a birthday. We look forward to certain things. Maybe a new movie coming out or whatever it is, doing things with your family. This is something the Christian should be looking forward to. This is something that's going to be an event we can't even fathom. Now, this is why we do communion. You, I'm not going to ask who was here last week, but last Sunday morning, we did communion in the, in the services. And this, this is the reason why we do communion. Because we're preparing ourselves for the marriage supper of the Lamb. What do I mean? 1 Corinthians 11. Look what it says. Verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Till what? Till he comes. And so every time we do communion, we are proclaiming that I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus ascended into heaven. And now I believe he's coming again. And when he comes again, he's coming for his bride. He has a date planned. He has a, a day that he already is gonna, knows he's going to come and get us. We don't know when it is, but it's going to happen. And so I want you to understand this morning that this, this, this time that we're in is a time where we say, look, I'm going to continue to live expecting God to send his son to come back and get me. I said this at the end of the first service. You can't believe this morning that Jesus died on the cross. You can't believe, as I said a couple weeks ago, that he, that he came through a perfect birth of a virgin. You can't believe he died on the cross. You can't believe he rose from the dead and believe all that and not believe he's coming back again. It's, it, 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 all, how many know all those things are equally important? You can't have any of those things without the other. But all the other things I just mentioned are in the past. But there is one event that is in the future. And that is the wedding of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb that we read there in Revelation 19. But the Bible tells us that we have to stay ready. If you look at Matthew 25, please, I want to read this parable that we've read many times and just remind us that this is something we have to stay ready for. And how many know that when something is successful, it takes planning? When something goes well, it takes planning, it takes effort, it takes preciseness. You know, every once in a while, we've all had something fall right and go, wow, that was God's grace. I don't know how that happened, but man, that fell that fell out good, you know. But when things are successful and they go well, it takes planning. So God is planning right now. I want you to get that in your spirit. He's planning. But during plans, a lot of times we can get busy and we can forget what we're doing. 
The biggest enemy of a Christian is idleness. The biggest problem a Christian has is, well, he hasn't come yet. I've been hearing that for years. I've heard that story before, and, and doubt can begin to creep in. But how many know that his word is true, and Jesus is coming again, and he's going to open up those skies one day, amen, and he's going to return for his church, and he's going to take the church out of this world, and we're not going to have to be here anymore, and we're not going to have to face the wrath of a living God. Amen. And so let's look at Matthew 25 and see how we stay ready. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom was delayed, they slumbered and slept. That's the, that's the dangers that we would slumber and sleep. And at midnight, a cry was heard, and it says, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Amen. I want to tell you this morning, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him, it says. Then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise said, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but rather go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the shouted out with me, wedding. Say it again, wedding. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour which the Son of Man is coming. We understand this morning that God, I want to, I want to parallel this, God is coming for his church. I've, I, I think for a lot of years I even had this wrong. I think I had this thought wrong on understanding him, understanding God's character. I want to tell you this morning that God is not trying to catch us by surprise. God is not up there saying, let me try to come back when the least amount of people are ready. He wants everybody to be ready. He wants everybody to be in the wedding. He wants everybody to be saved. And so he's not trying to catch us off guard. He's just warning us and telling us that he's coming, but we've got to be in the right place at the right time. Right place at the right time. You're in the right place at the right time this morning by being in God's house. Congratulations for doing the right thing and coming and hearing God's word and saying, I'm going to be in God's house this morning. Amen. As I, as I began to plan this with my wife, I, I began to think I want to do something to her to, to, for her to show her my appreciation. See, God right now is doing something for us because he wants to show us how much he loves us. How many believe Jesus loves us a lot? Now, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve that love, but he loves us. And, and so I wanted to show my wife, as I began to think about this, how I could thank her for all the years of standing by my side. It was more than just a marriage thing. It was a thankful that if, if, if she wasn't standing by my side as a woman of God, I could not do the things that God called me to do. And so it wasn't just, oh, I'm thankful that we're married. I wanted to, to, to show her that. And so I, I began to plan this and began to think about um, how, I could, how I could pull this off without her knowing. 
going to a different country. So I, I talked to my daughters about it, and I talked to my sister-in-laws in Costa Rica about it, and I talked to um, her best friend uh, by WhatsApp, and I began to plan this and throw the ideas out. I did not tell much to my father. I did not talk to my brother, father-in-law. I did not mention it to my brother. Not because guys don't keep secrets. This is the guys are, don't think. And I can tell you that my father-in-law almost ruined it several times while we were there, even though he didn't know much. And so I began to plan with the ladies, and it was funny. One day, a couple months ago, when I started planning this, uh, my daughter started a WhatsApp group, and she called it the secret operation. <laughs> and so I went into a practice where I, where I coach, and, and they had made this thing. And when I came out two hours later... I began to go look at what they had said, and I was scrolling for not hours, but minutes of all the things they had planned that they were going to start doing. I thought, man, I'm getting in over my head right here because I got all these women planning this thing with me. I don't know what's going to happen, but it worked out great. And so I let them do all the planning of all that stuff, and I planned on how I, you know, how I was going to do it. And so I wanted to surprise her. So I had her best friend pick her up one Saturday morning on this date that we planned to do it, 22nd of December, and said, take her to this restaurant, and, and I, I'm going to come and surprise her. So my wife, my daughters went with me, and she was there. And so this is the parallel to this. I wasn't sneaking up on my, on my wife to do something bad to her. I was sneaking up on her to do something good for her. Jesus is not trying to sneak up on us for something bad. He's not trying to catch us in our sin. He's trying to plan something awesome for us. Can you say he loves us? Amen. And so she had her back to me and went through this restaurant. My daughters were videoing. And, and, and I hired a professional camera person because our first wedding, something happened with the lens or the flash or the camera or the cameraman. I don't know what, but our pictures are horrible. And you can't hardly see them. They're like literally black and white but not because they're black and white, because it's just black and a little bit of white from her dress. And so I'm like, i got to make it up to her and have some professional pictures. And so we had a cameraman there, and thank God that's cheap in Costa Rica, probably a fifth of what it would have cost here. And so I, I, I snuck up on her, and I was standing right behind her. She didn't know I was there, and I nudged her. And then, and then I had this whole proposal in my mind, because I consider myself a romantic person, and, and, and I'm like, this, I'm just going to knock her off her feet again. So she turns around, and I get on my knees, and I had this whole thing, which was, I'm going to tell you right now, thank you for standing by my side, by my side, all these years, and, and going wherever God's called us to go, and just being a pillar for me and a strength, and just putting up with all the stuff, and, and just being a great wife. That's kind of what I was going to say, but not quite. it probably was going to be better in my mind. But the reason I said it just now is because I didn't get it out that day. She, she, I get on my knees and I hold the ring out and she goes. And she doesn't ever cry. So I went blank. And on the video, I'm like, for the last 25 years. <laughs> and that's all I got out. But it still went good. Amen. That's it. I mean, gave her the ring. And, but the next thing I said was, I said, I, I, said, I want to marry you today. And I, and I said, I was pretty hopeful she was going to say yes. And her best friend said, you better say yes. So she said yes. And I said, I want to marry you today. And the whole plan was that I would do a wedding that night. And she said, what? And I said, I want to I marry you tonight. I have a wedding plan. She's like, I have no dress. Right? Just like anyone would say. And I said, yes, you do. 
And I want to tie that in because Christ has clothes for us. Amen. Which are white and, and linen and beautiful. And they've been made by the precious blood that he shed on the cross for us. And he has a wedding plan for us this morning. Amen. He has a plan for us, a purpose for us. And it is beautiful. Amen. This is the event. He says, I don't want you in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as that boy's sorrow this morning. Amen. As others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Amen. And the Bible goes on to say this. This is the promise. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Watch this. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Do you ever get tired of hearing that? Because I don't get tired of saying it. He'll descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always, say always, be with the Lord. And then he says, therefore comfort one another with these words. So as we're ending up this year, I'm bringing you words of comfort that Jesus is coming back. He's coming for a church that's looking for him. He has a bride waiting for him, which is us. And he has a wedding plan for him, which is the wedding, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he wants to show us how much he loves us. Listen to this. Revelations 3, verses 4 and 5. As I told my wife, I already have a dress for you. I've already got all this stuff planned. I've got a place that we're going to do this ceremony. We've got all this stuff worked out. You can go do your makeup. You can go do your nails. You can have this wedding. God is preparing all of that for us. And guys, we don't care about the makeup and the nails. Can you say amen? amen. But we do want to eat at the wedding. <laughs> amen. He says in Revelations 3, 4, and 5, you have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. But why are they worthy? Because they believe in what Jesus did. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. See, the overcome part is those people who keep coming to church when they don't feel like it. Those overcomers are those who keep praying when they don't feel like praying. Those overcomers are those who tithe when they don't feel like tithing. Those who do the right thing when they don't want to do the right thing. Amen. Those overcomers, when everybody else is going away from God, are coming back to God. When everybody else is getting cold in their faith, we're getting hot in our faith. Amen. Those overcomers are going to have a reward, and his reward comes with them, and it is something that eye has not seen and ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the mind of Walt Disney all of the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. Tell the person next to, next to you there's a wedding coming and you're invited. You believe that? He says, I will not blot that person's name out from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. You've heard me say that a bunch of times at the altar. If you don't confess him before man, he'll deny you before his father. 
But I say, stand here today. Yes, I have the microphone, but you can do it too. I stand here to confess again, to renew my vows again to the Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my master. You are the soon coming king. You died on the cross for my sins. My righteousness is not in what I can do. My righteousness is in what you did. You paid a price for me. You shed your blood for me. You gave everything for me. And I renew my love to you again today, Father, and say I'm going to live for you until the day I die, or even better yet, until I hear the trumpet sound. See, that's the blessing that we have. When we look at the world right now, we say, man, this world's so messed up. Man, this world's messed up. But see, we have the blessing that a lot of people haven't had for thousands of years, which is the opportunity to hear the trumpet being alive. Having never tasted death. Look what Mark 9 says. See, this is the picture of the process that we're in right now. This is the picture of the process that we're in there. Right now, before I read this, let me remind you. I've said this to you over the years. We have to understand the Jewish custom. Go ahead and leave it up, Chris. That's fine. We have to have to understand the Jewish custom of marriage to understand how this works. Why are we talking about a Jewish custom? Not because we're Jewish, but because Jesus was Jewish. And there was a custom of the way they were married. And his, his, the custom of the Jewish tradition is, is what makes sense to understand the marriage stuff of the Lamb. And so in that old custom of the Jewish custom, very similar to ours, there was a betrothal. There was an engagement. There was where the, the, the man went to the woman and said, I have paid a contract. See, the dowry that happens in Africa that I wish happened here as my daughters are getting closer to marriage and the age that they are right now, I think we should adopt the dowry in that, here in the United States. Totally and absolutely. And I think I've been to Africa enough to just say that that's how it's going to be. The dowry is where the man has to come and he has to talk to the father and he has to make a contract and he has to pay the father. We have it so messed up in this country. I mean, it's so dumb. I mean, here we are raising this woman all her life and keeping her beautiful and taking care of her, and then we got to pay for the dude to take the girl away? How does that make any sense at all? I mean, we got to change some things. So, really, how many are with me? I still got time. Let's make the change now. Let's make it a law. So they would go do the contract and say, you know, you've got to pay me this and this and this. And so this is what would happen in the contract. That man would say, I want to engage to this woman. And he would pay a price to be able to marry her. Christ paid a price. And he bought us. And he purchased us with his blood. With his blood. And so that was the engagement. He said, I have paid a price. And I want you to be my bride. And I'm going to be the groom. And then what has to happen in the engagement? The bride has to say, the future bride has to say yes. Right? And the acceptance is when we accept what Jesus did on the cross for us. And then we become engaged. So right now we're all engaged. If you believe that, that Jesus died for you, paid a price for you, we're all engaged right now. That's where we're at. We're, that's where we're at in our relationship with God. We're engaged. And we're waiting for the wedding. Are y'all with me? Y'all following that? And so what would happen in the Jewish custom is after he got engaged and after he made that proposal and he said, here's the contract, I've paid your price, the woman would accept and the woman would say, okay, because you've paid a price for me, I'm going to keep myself. I'm going to keep myself for you, only for you. 
How I many know when we begin to think about it like that, it changes the way we look at sin and the way we look at things we do and the way we, because we say, I, I can't do this because I'm, I'm engaged to Jesus. I'm not, I'm not any longer mine. I'm waiting for him and he's, he's my master and my savior and he, he bought me and took me out of slavery and took me out of, out of sin and, and so now I'm going to hold myself for him. And then in, in this Jewish custom, then after the engagement, the man would go and leave and begin to work on the place where the wedding would take place. That's what Jesus is doing right now. He is preparing a place so that where he is will be also. And so as he's preparing in the Jewish custom, that father of the bride would have to approve what the son had done for the bride. And that's why the Bible says only the father knows because the father has to say, okay, son, everything that I think should be ready for this bride is ready. Now go. And that's where we're at right now. 2,000 years seems like a long time. But the Bible says a 1,000 years is like a day, and a day is like a 1,000 years. For Jesus, it's nothing. It seems like forever for us, but God's outside of time. So we know that today, scripturally, we, we could say we've only been on this earth for six days. And that seventh day of rest is coming. That thing we're looking forward to, that ought to make you excited this morning. That ought to get you happy and joyful to know that we're getting, as we're getting near, near to the end of this year, and we go into 2019, that's just one year closer to the, brew, to the groom coming for his bride. Watch what Mark 9 says. This is so cool. Verse 1. He says, he said to them, assuredly, this is what I want to tell you this morning, some of you that are standing here will not taste death. Ooh. What a promise. Do you believe that? Some of you that are standing here will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. That's the promise of we who are alive and remain. He says, he's telling this, and this, this transfer, transfiguration of Christ is a picture of the future. See, right now we're, we're down here engaged to Christ in these bodies that are corruptible. We cannot go into heaven with these bodies. A couple weeks ago I talked about the seed and how that seed had to be incorruptible. So here we are waiting and, and this, this verse goes on to show us what's going to happen when we are transformed. It says that after six days Jesus, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and took them up on a high mountain apart by themselves and he was transfigured before them. He, this is a picture of what will happen to us. And it says, his clothes became shining, exceedingly white. And I, and I was actually shocked that this said this in the New King James because it's so much like our language today. It says, like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. He says, I'm going to make you more white than any Clorox bleach can, than any laundromat can, than any dry cleaning place can. He says, I'm, I'm going to make you white. See, right now, we're still in our corrupt position in this body. But because, I mean, you, you can only imagine how, how exciting it was for me again to see my beautiful bride coming down the, the, the small little altar of the little 20-foot place we were in 
couple weeks ago or a week ago in that beautiful white dress. Just seeing that beauty, that beauty. And she, she looks as good now as she did 25 years ago, maybe better. I'm blessed. Don't hate on me. I'm not going to apologize for having a beautiful wife. And I'm not going to apologize for being romantic. And I'm not going to apologize for trying to lead and you follow me as I follow Christ, guys. Amen. Love your wives. Treat them like a queen and they'll treat you like a king. Love on them. Show them. Take them on dates. 2019 is a good chance. Start over and say, hey, let's go on a date. Hey, let's go. Let's go, let's go do something. Take care of them. Amen. I'm just throwing that in. That wasn't in the first service. That was, just felt led to say that. Amen. So, his clothes are shining exceedingly white like snow. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses and they were talking with Jesus. See, I can't wait for the moment when I'm going to get to talk with Jesus face to face. Right now I'm talking to him spiritually. But Moses and Elijah were the picture of someone from the past and Jesus talking together in that transfigured form. And, 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 and I'm a little bit behind the music, but just bear with me because I should be closing, but I, I got to get this in. I don't know if she came up earlier or if I just took longer. But either way, it's good. I love when she plays behind me. Watch this. This is what's going to happen, 1 Corinthians 15. We got to understand this is not a fairy tale. This is not Aquaman. This is not some movie that came out from Marvel. Or, this, is, this is real. This is God's word that says this physical body we live in is one day going to be transformed. If you've had cancer, if you've had arthritis, if you've had back pain, if you've had pain in your body, if you've had tumors, if you've had uh, days where you wish you could cut your head off because of a migraine, if you've had pain because of a lost loved one, all those things we go through in this life are going to end when this body becomes transformed and transfigured from the corruptible to the incorruptible from imperfection to perfection and it says behold I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep in a moment sorry but we all shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible look at that and shall be changed for this incorruptible must put on, watch that, must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that it is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. And the next verse says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory, O Hades? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's preparing a wedding for us right now. And so right now, as you're here and you're maybe struggling with something or maybe, maybe you're longing to be with him like I am. I'm, I want to be with him. <clears throat> There's nothing in this world that's holding me down. I want to be with him. I want to meet him face to face. But I got to understand that he is planning something right now. 
I had a time and a place that my wife's best friend had to take her to. And she almost messed it up because she wanted to change the date. That's what we do a lot of times. God's doing something and he needs us at a place and a time for God to move and we try to get involved and let's change the date or let's do this different. And and she tried to do that. She tried to contact her best friend and say, can we move that to Friday? And all of a sudden there was red alert and all the WhatsApp, everybody was going crazy. What's going to happen? Right? And we had to put it back. No, I'm busy. She said, I'm busy. I got a bunch of meetings and she handled it perfectly so that she could be surprised. Maybe today you're going through something that seems like, God, where are you at? God says, hey, chill. I got a surprise plan for you, but it's not today. It's tomorrow. It's the next day. It's next week. Just trust me and I'll bring it to pass. Because he says here in this last one, John 14, watch this. Do not let your heart be troubled by the things of this world. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus says. Next verse, he says, my father's, in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will watch come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Amen. And where I go, you know. Watch this. He says, you know the way. And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where we're going. <clears throat> How can we know the way? Jesus says, you're looking at him. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. How many are thankful this morning that you know the way and the truth and the life? which is Jesus. Amen. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, this morning, we know that there's a wedding waiting for us. God, we know that you are preparing a place for us this morning that our minds cannot even fathom, God. You said in your word, Lord, that we should not grow weary in well-doing because if we work and not faint and run and not faint, we will reap a harvest. Lord, this morning, as we head into a new year, We don't know what exactly it holds, but we know you hold it. We know that you're in control. We we know that our thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not our ways and higher are your ways than our ways. But Lord, I pray this morning, my prayer this morning, as we are in this last Sunday of 2018 and we don't know if there'll be a Sunday in 2019, God, because today could be the day you come for us not to catch us off guard, not to catch us by surprise, but to take us to that place that you've been preparing for us and you want us to be there with you. How can we we be ready? How can we have oil in our lamps? By repenting, by saying, Lord, search my heart. Lord, test me and, and know that my heart is yours. Lord, don't let me fall in love with anybody else. Don't let me fall in love with anything else. Don't let my heart be divided because I belong to you belong to you Jesus you're the one who paid the price for me you're the one who bought me with the blood that you shed on the cross I'm yours God I'm surrendered to you Father I want to make heaven my home and I want to be a part I want to be blessed to be called 
to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. All over this place as we stand to our feet and you just stay in this presence of reverence and, and you just stay praying to the Lord. Just keep your eyes closed if you would and your heads bowed. All over this place this morning, I want to give you the invitation as God gave it to us. I've paid a price for you. I've died on the cross for you. I've shed my blood for you and I've come to you and I say to you today, accept me. Accept what I've done. Accept the engagement. I, I want to be married to you, God says. And I, I've already paid the price. All you have to do is say yes. And then once you say yes, you just have to stay committed to me and love me like I love you. Yes, you're going to make some mistakes. Yes, you're going to fail along the way. But my grace will be sufficient for you. I'll help you when you're weak. I'll help you when you're, when you're not strong. I'll help you when you're tempted. I'll give you a way out because I want to spend eternity with you. That's why I came in and died for you. If anybody's here this morning and you say, you know what, I, I've never said, Jesus, would you be Lord of my life? I've never asked Christ to be Master and Savior. I've never, I've never accepted that invitation and said, Jesus, come in. Come in and, 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 and take Lordship of my life. If you're here this morning, you've never done that. The Bible says today is the acceptable day of salvation. Today is the day of the Lord. Would you just lift up your hand in honesty and say, Pastor, pray with me this morning. I want to accept the invitation of Christ. Just pray with me this morning all over this place. I'm not saved. I want to be right with God. I know he died on the cross for my sin. If you're listening online right now, just begin to say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I call on your name. I believe that you came and died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. And because of that, I am saved this morning. Not because of anything that I can do, because I'm not worthy, but you have given me the clothes. You have given me the garments, which is washed in your precious blood. You've made me white as snow. And I accept that today so that my name can be written in the book of life. So when that day comes and that trumpet sounds, I'll be called worthy to stand before the Son of Man. And when Jesus looks at us this morning and we put our faith in Him, He does not see us. He does not see our corruptibility. He does not see our sin. He sees the blood that was shed for that contract so that you could be saved. And he loves you with a love that humanity can't understand. He loves you. And he has a plan for you and a purpose for you. And he has a good purpose, a good plan, a good future. And all over this place, we're going to begin to sing a song. And here's what I want you to do this morning as we close, as we open up the altar for those who would like to come down and pray at the altar. Or you can pray at your chair. But whether you come down or you pray at your chair, I want to challenge everyone in here to do what my wife and I did last week, which was renew our vows. Renew our vows. The last 25 years are over. Now I say to my wife again, for the future, again, I renew my vows. Today, 2018 is over. Whether you did good or bad, whether you failed or, or came in triumphant to this day, it's over. Now you say, Lord, as I go into 2019, I want to renew my vows. I want to tell you again that I love you. I want to tell you again that I'm going to stay in this for better or for worse. 
I'm going to stay in this for sickness and health. I'm going to stay in this till death do us part. I'm going to stay in this regardless of people go the opposite direction. Regardless of people backslide around me. Regardless of people act weird around me. Regardless of what anybody else does. I'm going to do this with you, God. Me and you. Because how many know it's me and you? It's you and God. It's personal. It's just you and Him. So as we open up the altar this morning, I'm going to pray and I'm going to go to the altar and I'm going to renew my vows with the Lord for 2019. We don't have a ring. We're not going to do a repeat after me. But you can come talk to the Lord in your words and in your way and say, Lord, I'm going into 2019 with a new renewal of my commitment to you. Because how many know he's committed to us? Amen. The altars are open this morning.